Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. I want to thank everyone who is on call. Uh, let's, let's open with a word of prayer. Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. Lord, we thank you because you are the Prince of Peace. We thank you because you are the Holy One of Israel. We thank you, Lord, because you're worthy, worthy to be praised. There's no God, there's no Father, there's no friend that we can compare with you. We thank you, King of Glory, for when we call to you, you answer. We thank you, King of Kings, because you love us as we are. And Lord, now I surrender into your hands. As we share your word, I pray that you may speak to us, speak to us. Lord, use me as a tool in your hand. Use me as a tool in your hand. Lord, anything in me that does not glorify your name, anything that rises above you, I silence it in the name of Jesus. I pray, King of glory, that the Holy Spirit may take over and minister to us. And Lord, for everyone on this call and those that are yet to join, it's my prayer, it's my heart cry, Lord, that you may speak to us, that you may teach us, that you may guide us, that you may direct us, that they will not just be listening to Harriet's voice, but they may listen to your word and give us the ability to act on your word. For Lord, without your word, we go astray. King of glory, I pray that your word may be planted in our hearts, planted in our hearts, King of kings, that we may live by it, that we may walk by it, that we will be a testimony, a testimony of who you are just because of your grace. Lord, I surrender into your hands that you may take over, Lord, and glorify your name. Master, we give you glory, we give you praise, for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, friends. Um, um, I want to thank the cathedral management for this time for giving me this opportunity once again. I've always said it, I never take it for granted because I've been in other churches where you never get this. So to me, it is always a great privilege. And we thank God for giving us life to this day. We also know that many people have not seen this day. We also know that there are those on hospital beds that maybe are not even able to see, not able to read, not able to listen but God has given us this privilege. We are forever grateful. I am forever grateful for a time like this. Thank you, thank you. And thank you to those that have logged on. May the Lord minister to us. Yes, the topic I was given for this day is uh, sin, a hindrance to God's glory. Our topic is sin, a hindrance to God's glory. And our text comes from 1 Samuel chapter 4, verses 12 to 22. Uh, I think I should read it so that we just be referring to it. Verse 12 um, of 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 12 says, Now, a man, uh, I'm using Amplified, maybe let me get a, a different version that we are used to. Let me, let me use NIV. I think we are more used to NIV. So I use Amplified. Yes, verse 12 said that the title says Death of Eli. That is NIV. NIV has given it a title, the Death of Eli or Eli, depending on which school you went to. And it says that same day, a Benjamite ran from the battle line and went to Shiloh with his clothes torn and 
his clothes torn and dust on his head. When he arrived, there was Eli sitting on his chair by the side of the road, watching, because his heart feared for the act of God. When the man entered the town and, and told what had happened, the whole town sent up a cry. Eli heard the outcry and asked, what is the meaning of this uproar? The man hurried over to Eli, who was 98 years old and whose eyes had failed so that he could not see. He told Eli, I have just come from the battle line. I fled from it this very day. Eli asked, what happened, my son? The man who brought the news replied, Israel fled before the, the Philistine and the army has suffered heavy losses. All your two sons, Hophin and Phinehas are dead and the ark has been captured. When he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell back. He fell backward off his chair by the side of the gate. His neck was broken and he died for he was an old man and he was, and, and he was heavy. He had led Israel 40 years. His daughter-in-law, the wife to Phinehas, was pregnant and near the time of delivery. When she heard the news that the ark of God had been captured and that the father-in-law and her husband were dead, she went into labor and gave birth, but was overcome by her labor pains. As she was dying, the women attending said, the, the women attending her said, don't despair, you've given birth to a son. But she did not respond or pay any attention. She named the boy Ichabod, saying the glory has departed from Israel. Because of the capture of the ark of God and the death of her father-in-law and her husband, she said the glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. This is the word of God. Friends, this is a, a familiar story. I think we, most of us, we've read and we know Ichabod, meaning the glory has departed. But if we are to recap on this story, we know that the ark was captured when Israel had gone to war. But when the war started, the, when the war started, the Israelites Maybe we can mute. If you are unmuted, just mute yourself. Hello? Hello, Jonathan, am I still audible? Yes, you are still audible. Everyone okay. is muted. Okay, thank you. So the Israelites were defeated by the Philistine. And when they were defeated, they started thinking, what exactly is the problem? Why, why are we defeated? Why has the Lord not been on our side? What is the cause of this problem? Just like any other person, like any nation would think about it, the Israelites were thinking of the same thing. And then the elders responded with a superstitious thinking. They said, I think we need the ark 
to take the ark of the Lord in the, in the battlefield. Because if we take it in the battlefield, maybe we will win. Maybe we are being beaten because the ark is not here. So the two sons of Eli were the priests at that time. And they, they agreed into this, into the same thing that, yeah, I think we need the act. Then the, when we look into the thinking and why we are calling it a superstition, the, the, the Israelites were not looking at God as their helper. Their main confidence was in the Ark of the Covenant. And when the Ark of the Covenant, when we read in the earlier verses, when the Ark of the Covenant came into the camp, ready to be taken for battle. The, the verse five tells us there was shout of joy. They, they shouted so much and shook the earth. And when they shouted so much that the Philistines started wondering what could be the problem? Why, why is the earth shaking? Why are the Israelites so, 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 so excited? And the Philistines also accepted that the Ark of the Covenant had arrived and they said, yeah, now that it has arrived, we're in trouble because the ark was like a, a, a superpower. But then one of the men from the Philistine side told them that you go and fight like men. Do not fear, do not put your fear because, because of, of their mighty God. You know, the, the, the Philistines recognized that God, the God of the Israelites was a mighty God. But on the contrary, the Israelites are looking at the ark as being more mighty than their God. Their trust is now, their trust is on the ark more than on the Lord. And uh, the, the Philistines encourage their people, say, be, be strong and conduct yourselves like men. Because you are Philistines, you are stronger than the Israelites. Don't fear their, 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 their ark. Don't fear their mighty God. So even when they were having the ark in the battlefield, Remember, we are talking about sin being hindrance to, 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 to God's glory. Already, they were sinning by worshipping the ark and not worshipping the God of the ark. So the fact that their, their focus was on the ark and not on God, they went into the battlefield and still they were defeated. Israel was defeated. So one thing that I want us not to forget here is when we have sin amidst us and when the presence or the glory of God is not with us, there is always defeat. There is defeat that as the Israelites experienced. They were defeated. Why? Because they were sinning. And what were they sinning in? By putting their trust in other things. I'll come on and, and talk about, about sin. I am taking for granted that we already know what sin is. And I would simply say that sin means missing the mark, missing the mark of what the word of God requires of us. I, I would give that as a simple, a simple definition of, of sin. So I've started by saying, when the presence of God has departed, when there is Ichabod, something that will make you know that the presence has departed is defeat. As we can see in the case of the Israelites, they were defeated. Why? Because they were trusting in the ark. The ark was just a symbol. It was not that God was in the ark. So when we put our trust in other things, 
when we start worshiping idols, when we start being superstitious and put our trust in, in, obs, in, in objects, then the glory of God departs because he's a jealous God. And when the glory de departs, we will be defeated. So what is the glory of God? I have also assumed because the, the earlier speakers really gave us a lot of definition of what the glory of God is. The glory of God is the invisible qualities, characters or attributes of God, which is displayed, can be visible or can be invisible. We can know it clearly and know that this is the glory of God. According to the Bible, the glory of God is his invisible character made visible. That's why Isaiah 6, 3 tells us, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So when we see the, cre the creation around, we see the glory of God. But then when sin comes in our midst, it makes us know to, to see the glory. So when we continue to read through this, this scripture that we've read, Eli was seated. He was worrying. He was trembling. Why was he trembling? Why was he fearing? He was fearing that the ark of God may not come back. He was not looking that God was with him, but he was putting in tr his trust in the ark, and therefore he was worrying. And another thing that shows you that the glory of God has departed from your life, from, from my life, is worry, is trembling, or is fear. Just like Eli could not move, he was stationed in one place, but his mind was only thinking, will the ark come back? As if God was not with him. Remember, our God is everywhere. At every time, he's everywhere. Even as we are talking now, he is with us. So the fear, the trembling, the worry is a sign that the glory has departed. So as Eli was seated, worrying, I, I, I wouldn't say that he was praying. When you are worried, you cannot pray. We cannot worry and pray at the same time. When we pray, worry will always jump off. There will be no worries because you pray and you surrender to the Lord. But when we worry, then prayer cannot have a place in our lives. So Eli was worried, so he couldn't pray. So another sign that shows you that the presence of God or the glory of God has departed is prayerlessness. Prayerlessness. If you, 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 you do not have the glory or the presence of God within your life, you cannot pray. The Bible also tells us that in verse 15 that Eli was blind and he was 98 years old. When we are living in sin and we are worried and we are not praying, we get blind to the things of God. We become very old like we do it in, a, in, in, in our churches. We say, for me, I have been in the All Saints Cathedral since 1900. And for us, we used to do it like this. We do not do this. We do not do the other one. For us, we are Anglicans. We believe in this. We must, uh, we must carry the, the cross when we are we are. We are accessing the church during procession. If you do not carry the cross, the presence of God is not there. For us, the Anglicans, if you do not say that the Apostles' Creed, 
the presence of God is not there for me since I have been in this cathedral from the time it was built. This is how we do it. By doing that, it is becoming an, an object. We are beginning to worship other things. We are beginning to worship the physical cross than the Lord Jesus Christ, than the God himself. And when we begin to think into the old, we become old and we become blind into the things of God. So another thing that shows you that the glory of God has departed is that you become old and you become blind to the things of God. You do not look at it as priority. All you are looking for is how have we been doing it in the past? When Eli was told about the 30,000 men who fell dead, he did not think that there is a God. All he was thinking of is the ark has gone. And to him, it looks like if the ark is gone, then there is no God, then there is no glory of God. So even you and I, when we put our trust in other things, when we begin to be idol worshippers, then there we will not see the glory of God. So by the time you see yourself beginning to worship other things, you know that the glory has departed. So I have said Eli was 98 years old and he was blind. Verse 15 tells us so. So we know another sign is for you that when you are living in sin, you will be blind to the things of God. So when we go ahead, we also, we also find that when Eli was given the message of the death of his two sons, he did not mind so much. The Bible does not tell us how he was weeping and mourning for the death of his son. But the Bible tells us he was concerned. He was concerned about the ark. And as he was concerned about the ark, he fell off his seat backward and he died. But then what do we see here? When the glory of God is departed because of the sin, because of your, your putting trust into other things, your priorities get out of order. Eli's priority was no longer his family. His priority was that symbol of the presence of God. Have you reached a point where your priority has drifted away from God? Have I reached a point where my priority is no longer the glory of God is no longer the God himself because the glory of God is manifested in Jesus Christ. So if I reach a point where I no longer care about Jesus, but I care about the religion, I care about the procedures, I care about the status of, 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 of this church. For us at the cathedral, we are people of class. We have to do things like this. If I have told you that Praise and worship is five minutes. It must be five minutes because we have here diplomats. Even if the spirit of God is leading the preacher another way or leading the worship leader to take people to another direction. But because me, I am glued into how it has been done in the beginning is now and ever shall be. And because we are Anglicans, we have to do it like this. I get stuck and my priority is shifted, shifted from the king of kings to the things that I am seeing physically, which is not good. So sin can cause us to put our priorities in wrong places. And because of that shifted priority, Eli was mourning the departure, the capture of the ark. When he had the news, he fell and he died. When we, we realize death is just coming in because of the sin in us, we should know that the glory has departed. 
the glory has departed. Another thing is you die when you do not have the glory of God. And when the glory of God has, has departed, we stop caring. Eli was not, was not bothered. He, he just he, he, he stopped caring whatever was happening. All he was looking at is only the ark. But also the daughter-in-law. When the daughter-in-law was given the, the, the report of, of the husband being dead and, uh, and what had happened to the father-in-law, all she mentioned was Ichabod. The glory has departed. When we come into ministry and we, we do not trust in God, but we trust in the substance around us, the ministry will kill us. The ministry becomes a burden because of the sin in our life. The ministry ends up being a burden. Now we see Eli was carrying a burden which was not his. God is a, is a jealous God. God is mighty. He can fight for himself. He can defend himself. But when we look at Eli and when we look at the daughter, they, they, they died. They died because they were carrying the weight that was not theirs. When you carry sin in your life and forget to see God, that even if you are doing a ministry, that very ministry will kill you. So we have to learn to surrender to the God, the honor of the ministry, the one who has given us the ministry. Know that with or without Harriet, the ministry of God will continue. Amen? Yes. With or without me, the ministry will continue. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 The ministry of God is headed and run by God himself. All that you and I need to do is to trust the God of the ministry. Not to look at the, 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 the objects around us and think without this object, the ministry cannot stand. So man of God, servant of God, give yourself time for refreshing yourself in the Lord. Give yourself time for having time with your family. Give yourself time to worship and trust the Lord. And he will take care of the ministry because his glory will still be there. But if we put our focus on the material things, then the glory of God departs. And when the glory of God departs, we stop caring. You can be a minister of God, but all you are caring for is how much did we collect today? How many people were in the church? Was the whole full? Uh, how many people gave, gave money? So you stop caring about the actual thing because the glory has departed. And the moment you start caring for things, you will shut down. You'll start isolating yourself. You find yourself going in depression. You find yourself doing things that does not glorify the Lord. And in the end, you are an obstacle to the glory of God. You are an obstacle to the other believers. I think we've had cases where people say, ah, if Harriet is also a believer, then I am also a believer. Why do they say that? Because the sin in me makes them not to see the glory of God. I become an obstacle. And because of the sin in me, I am very far from the Lord. We know that, that the Bible tells us, we know that the famous verse, Isaiah 52, 59 verse 2, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. 
and your sins have made he have made hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So the glory of God, where sometimes you will hear me say the presence of God, gets manifest when there is no sin in our life. We cannot separate the word of God from the glory of God. The two go together. So we can only access and notice the glory of God when we are not living in sin. So what are some of these sins that hinders the presence of the glory of God or the presence of God? One of it that we know is pride. We know pride. You can be so proud of nothing. I can be so proud of myself. Ah, me Harriet. I can preach on that forum from January to December. I preach every day and no man can stop me. I am the best preacher. That is pride. That is pride. And that, and God hates pride. God hates pride. And he will not bring his manifest presence. He will not bring his glory when we are walking in pride. Philippians 2 verse 5 to 8 tells us, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ. Who, being, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as man. He humbled himself and became obedient even unto death. Imagine if you were the son of God, if you were Jesus Christ. Would you be humble enough or you'll be overtaken by pride? So the moment you are overtaken by pride, you will not see the glory of God. You hinder the manifestation of the glory of God. You hinder the manifestation of the presence of God. So let us not allow pride to take over. I have already talked about idolatry. Another thing that hinders, another sin that hinders the, the glory of God is immorality. The temptation towards sexual sin. We know if, if you've been rubbing shoulders with the churches, with mighty men of God in courts, you hear sexual scandal, you, you hear things, you, you, you hear how children are being abused. And, uh, but then the Bible tells us to flee from sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 to 20 tells us to flee. Do not part it, do not hug it. Because when you start hugging sexual immorality, then you are hindering the glory of God. Then another thing that hinders the glory of God is unbelief. We must believe in the promises of God and have faith in his word, not just everything that, that, that you read in the word of God, you start saying, but is, is this true? Can this really happen? But we know that God loves us and he created us in his image for a purpose. He promises us that if we walk, if we walk with him, whatever we ask in his name will be done. And without faith, we know that it is impossible to please God. We know that famous verse again, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, we cannot please God. Another sin that causes us not to see the glory of God or that hinders the glory of God is distraction. What are the things that are distracting you from focusing on God? The psalmist said, one thing that I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life 
to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. Do you have time to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord? Do you have time to seek the Lord? Or we have time to run after money. You know how the economy is. We have time to run to, to please our bosses, to do A and B, but time for the Lord we do not have. Then we will hinder the glory of God. Lukewarm heart is another thing. Religious spirit is another thing that hinders us from seeing the glory of God. So if we want to see the glory of God, then we must put sin away. And how do we put this away? By repenting every moment of our lives. We know that sin quenches the Holy Spirit ministry. And when the Holy Spirit is quenched, you will not see. You will be blind. You will die. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, do not quench the spirit. Do not silence. So if we are to acknowledge that we are sinners, it has to be the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because with sin, we cannot know that we are even in sin because the Holy Spirit will not be there. The glory would have departed. So sin is not acknowledging the will of God. Even if a preacher comes and tells you this, but if you have sin and your conscience is seared because sin has been your normal life, sin has been Harriet's normal life, you will not acknowledge the presence of God. The glory of God cannot be in your life. So then, if we are to, to walk in righteousness, we must study our Bible. But when there is sin in our lives, Bible study becomes very unfruitful. You read the Bible like you read a newspaper. Because you do not have the spirit of God, you do not have the presence of God, we will read the Bible and it is boring. You will find that you cannot read even one, two verses because sin hinders the manifestation of the glory of God. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path of sinners. We know the verse again, Psalms 1. If we are not taking the, the, the path of sinners, Bible studies become something very important. Fellowship, you be yearning for fellowship. You be longing for it. When you have missed one, you feel like, oh, I have missed the biggest bread of life today. And we need to be doers of the word, not only hearers of the word, deceiving ourselves. For if anyone is only a hearer of the word and not a doer, it's like a person observing their, their natural face in a mirror. They observe it, and when you walk away from the mirror, you do not remember how you were looking. So we must read the word of God and act on it. And this can only happen if we are not walking in sin. Because if you are walking in sin, Bible studies become a bore. It becomes a pain. It becomes a problem. And also sins, sin robs us of joy. It makes you not to feel any joy in the word of God. It takes away the excitement of reading, chewing, meditating on the word of God. Sin takes away the excitement of a Christian life. An example of this is, uh, is King David. After his sin of the murder of the, uh, and the adultery, he asked the Lord for the restoration of his joy. 
restore to me the joy of, of, of thy salvation. Meaning, when sin comes in your life, you do not have any joy of salvation. You, you, you keep calling yourself, I keep calling myself a believer just in the eyes of other people. But I do not have any excitement of being a believer because of the sin that is in me. It causes me to lose the joy of my salvation. I do not feel, feel too saved or feel that the grace of God is there for me. You live in condemnation, just like David had to go back to the Lord. We, we know Psalms 51 and we have sung it, creating me a cleaner to reach that level where we acknowledge that I am no longer experiencing the glory of God. And the moment you acknowledge that now I am living in worry, I am living in fear, I am, uh, I am not listening from anything from the spirit. I am not enjoying fellowship anymore. Run back to the Lord in repentance so that your spiritual ears is open, so that your spiritual eyes is open because sin robs you of, of your peace, robs us of our peace, and we can no longer enjoy the things of God. The peace of, of God which surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds through Jesus Christ. We know that verse in Philippians 4, verse 7. We only get peace in the Lord. And when we have that peace in the Lord, our hearts and our minds are guarded. But if sin is in my life, my mind is not guarded, my heart is not guarded, anything that comes my way, I receive it. I receive it. So we must let the peace of God rule in our hearts. We must let the peace of God control our minds. And we must be thankful to the Lord. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 tells us that. Since causes anguish in our hearts, which is a complete loss of peace, you, you, find yourself, you find yourself you have no peace and you do not know exactly why you do not have peace. But it's the sin that is ruling in you makes you not to see the presence of God, makes me not to see the glory of God. And I start walking left, right, with no concern of the Holy Spirit. You can also read Psalms 32, verses 3 to 4, about the peace. Because of my time, I will not read that. And also sin hinders our fellowship with God. You know, when a child has stolen sugar, the child will fear to come near the parent because of stealing. And in the same way, when Harriet is living in sin, she will not have that close fellowship with the Lord because sin puts a separation between me and God. Sin puts a separation between you and God. And the Bible also tells us if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice truth. The truth is not in us. This is the verse that we always recite every morning. First John chapter 1, verse 3 and verse 6. Sin denies us fellowship with the Lord. And sin also makes us to, to lose confidence in prayer. We will not think, I will not think that this burden that is too big to me, I need to take it to the Lord in prayer. Prayer becomes very difficult. Prayer becomes very hard. I don't know whether you've experienced when you are undergoing a situation, you go to pray, you open your mouth and the words cannot come out because sin has brought a separation. 
and sin has made you to lose confidence in the prayer, not knowing that the God we serve answers every prayer. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to do. We do not know how we should pray, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Romans 26. But if sin is there, I will not remember that the Spirit makes intercession for me. I will go with my physical strength and I will not see the glory. But we want to see the glory of God. We want to see the glory of God. Sin also makes unanswered prayers, makes our prayers not to be answered. Sin can cause us to start doubting God. But the Bible tells us that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Harriet, if you regard sin, if you regard iniquity in your heart, the Lord will not hear. When believers sin, God does not answer their prayers with a yes. God wants us to first hear. God wants to first hear a prayer of confession from us because he has opened the door for us to come to him. So let us not allow sin to be an obstacle. And sin makes us to be fearful, like I talked about that child. Makes us to think, ah, God cannot answer me. Will cause us to run away. Will cause us to hide. You remember Adam and Eve, when they had sinned, that's when they discovered they were naked and they start hiding hiding because of sin. But every day Adam and Eve were naked and they were fellowshipping with God without any fear. But when sin came in, they became fearful. They became fearful. So as, as little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. John chapter 2, verse 28. We need to have confidence in the Lord so that when the Lord appears, we do not start running away. We do not start fearing. So the consequences of, be, of, of, of the presence of God or the glory of God being removed is we become spiritually exposed. We become religious when the presence of God or the glory of God has been hindered by sin and we spiritually die. Child of God, make sure that when you don't feel his presence, run to the Lord. Run for it. If we haven't felt his presence in a while, or you have felt spiritually dry, sometimes we say, I feel so dry. I feel I cannot even raise a finger. I feel I cannot open my Bible. These are warning signs that the glory has departed. And all you need to do is go in repentance before the Lord. Ask him to manifest in you again, to manifest in your life again. If we want protection, if we want a covering, then we must be in the place where we are called to be. We must be in the atmosphere of the glory of God. May the glory of the Lord fill our hearts. May his glory fill our lives. May our spiritual eyes be open and we are able to know that the glory has departed. You can only know that if you obedient and living a repentant life. May the glory of the Lord fill our hearts. Let your glory fill our hearts.
Let your praises fill our hearts. May each vessel offer to you a sacrifice of praise. Father, you alone, you are holy. You alone, you are worthy. Father, we acknowledge that we have sinned and this sin has separated us from you. But Lord, this day we return to you, my Lord, my master, my friend. And we pray that may your glory, may your glory fill us again. May your presence be in our lives again. Lord, we know and we know that the sin in us has been a hindrance, a hindrance to the manifestation of your glory. But Lord, we cannot walk this Christian life without you. Lord, we cannot live this life without you. Master, we cannot live a dry life without you in this world. Father, we are praying that you may have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. Lord, I bring your children before you. Lord, I bring your servants before you. Lord, I surrender myself before you. For many times I have walked away in my pride. I have walked away in sin. I have walked away in defeat. And I have not bothered to come back to you. Lord, this day we are coming back to you. We are returning to you, my master, that you may have mercy again. Have mercy again upon us. Have mercy again upon us that we may be able to see your glory glory, that we may be able to see your presence. For Lord, we cannot do without you. Master, we cannot live without you. We are returning to you this day, King of glory. Father, arise and take your place. Arise and take your place in our lives. Arise and take your place, Lord. We cannot live it without you. Lord, if you do not come back into our lives, what will we do? Where can we go? But we return, we return, Lord. We return that you purify us, that you forgive us, that you wash us once again. There isn't anything that can make us clean but the blood of Jesus. 
Lord, I plead for your blood. I plead for your blood. I plead for your mercy, King of glory, that you may hold our hands once again, that you may lead us once again, that you may take us to that place, that place where we desire only you, where we lost appetite for sin, where we lost appetite for pride, where we lost appetite for religiosity, where we lose appetite, King of glory, for, for, for dependence, self-dependence. Father, we are coming to you because we cannot do it on our own. You alone are holy, Lord. Take your place. Take your place and let your name be glorified. We give you glory, Lord, for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I thank you, our sister, Sister Harriet. Our friends, let's receive this word in, in a word of prayer. Uh, the Lord has communicated to us this evening very well. Let, let's receive this word and then uh, we shall. Father, we thank you for this word that you have brought to us, O oh Lord. Lord, let it find place in our hearts. Well, to some of us, it has rebuked us, O oh God. To some of us, it has been a point of learning, O oh God. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for, for, for this word, O oh God. Lord, may we choose to trust in you, not be like the Israelites, O oh God. Lord, may we choose to trust in you, O oh Lord. And Lord, we thank you for your servant, uh, Sister Harriet. Nyapidi, for, for, for bringing your word unto us, O oh Lord. And Lord, we pray for her that you continue anointing her more and more, God, and for your glory and for your honor, O oh God. We trust you, Jesus, and we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen. 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 Uh, as Sister Harriet was sharing, he talked about something that I want just to ask to, 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 to look at. He, he talked about turning to God in a place of dryness. If you feel dry, where do you, whom do you run to? And I want us to think of that and to, to just remind ourselves that it's to the Lord that we need to go to him to feel us more. Those moments you say, I feel dry, I feel like drained. Whom do you run to? Let's run to God. That has been my take my take home. I don't know your take home, but our prayer was the Lord may give each one of us our take home. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. I still one more time for, for your word. Oh Lord, it's our prayer that in every moment that we feel like we need you, we feel that we are dry, that Lord, we will look to your God as a family, as a minister, as 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 us, oh God in everything, that any answer that we may be looking for, that we will find it in you, O oh God. Father, take all the praise and take all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen. Amen. Amen.